I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Whether you're in North or South Carolina or anywhere else in the world, enter the Cat Cave to listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast as part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, where you can find other shows such as Embrace Debate and Inside the Vault, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Uh, my name is Ryan Frick, and alongside, as always, is a co-host of the show, Shannon Smith. Shannon, what's going on, bud? How's everything? I mean, everything is good. Just uh, ready to unravel this game that we just saw this past Sunday. Yeah, listen, everybody was on a high. Like, that Carolina finally got it together. They get a big win, and the Indianapolis Colts are coming to town, and we think that we have got a chance. And then all of a sudden we hear this. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. We're still working out that stuff, but uh, the Carolina Panthers fall at home to the Indianapolis Colts, twenty-seven to thirteen. Shannon, this game, man, it was frustrating to watch, especially because the Panthers came out from halftime, and all of a sudden we saw a reemergence from Miles Sanders, who I've been—I guess he's been listening to the show. He has to have been listening to the show because Miles Sanders comes out of halftime and helps to lead a drive to where the Panthers find the end zone. And we think that we're actually going to have a game. And, and then we don't let's start off on defense, man. The defense stepped up like they always do. They held CJ Stroud to 150 something yards like that the week before. And then CJ Stroud followed that performance up with a record breaking rookie performance in last week's game against the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. who had a top 10 defense going into that league uh, that week. And so they grabbed Gardner Minshew, and he only has 127 passing yards in this game. Mm-hmm. With a touchdown, they did get a sack on Gardner Minshew. If you look at the stat lines here, Jonathan Taylor had 47 rushing yards, 2.6 yards per carry, held him in check. Uh, he did have five catches for 22 yards with a receiving touchdown. Uh, there's your offensive touchdown for the Colts. Uh, they shut down Michael Pittman. I mean, I say shut him down. He get eight, eight catches. Uh, 64 yards, but uh, Josh Downs for the Colts gets hurt early in this game, uh, does not return. Mm -hmm. Uh, Four for 13 on third downs. The Panthers' defense played well enough to win this game. What did you see from the defense outside of the fact that we had a couple of injuries here um, that are going to affect us going into the Thursday night game against the Bears? What I liked about the defense is that 
they were able to make Garner Minshew look like the number two quarterback that he is because he was overthrowing guys. He was underthrowing guys. Passes were going into the dirt. He was having trouble playing against this defense. And the thing about it is this Carolina defense is not a bad defense at all, even with the injuries and even with the output of the offense. Carolina's defense has kept them in every single game that they've played this year, and they've done that with the Colts here. So Gardner Minshew was able to show why he was the number two. This game probably would have been different if Andy Richardson would have been playing. But the fact is, is that Carolina's defense was able to show exactly how good they really were in this game. Just good. Yeah, they, they give up one offensive touchdown. So when you look at the stat line where the leading rusher has under 50 rushing yards, your leading passer has under 150 passing yards, you mm-hmm. think that, okay, there's no way that the team that holds them to this sort of yardage is going to lose. And then you look at the Panthers' offensive stat line. Bryce Young, 24 of 39, 173 yards. Even he didn't have a great day. But he he did find the end zone, given that. But he had three crucial interceptions in this game, mm-hmm. including two p- interceptions for touchdowns uh, by, by Kenny Moore of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, if you look, Chuba Hubbard, again, getting the bulk of the carries. There was actually an interview by Miles Sanders that says that he's he's continuing to remain humble and and trying to do what he can to help the team, that it's it's this is a team game, that he, he can't come in here with an ego. And and so he's, he's enjoying watching Chuba Hubbard get the bulk of the carries and enjoying seeing Raheem Blackshear uh, sort of get some play time. But Chuba Hubbard averaged 3.6 yards per carry in this game, 16 carries. They're trying to establish – the run game here in Carolina, but the Colts did a really good job of bottling up Adam Thielen. Five catches for 29 yards in this game. Both of the interceptions that Bryce Young threw were the balls targeted to Adam Thielen. Hayden Hurst is your leading receiver in this game with 54 yards. Uh, they looked decent on third down. Again, they controlled the pace of the game. Seven for 16 on third down. They were able to extend drives, but penalties kicked him in the in, in the foot this week. Ten penalties for 81 yards. How'd you feel about this offensive performance, albeit, you know, efficient at times, but just I, I don't think you can overcome some of these back-breaking mistakes. You can't, but looking at the bright sides of the offense, of course, you pointed out your boy Hayden Hurst with two catches, 54 yards. Steven Sullivan got involved with five catches, 29 yards. They said his name a good bit, and yes, Miles Sanders probably got tired of us talking junk about him, and he went out there and he played. He extended drives. The first downs came. The thing that did it for me was that every time Carolina went to the red zone except for their one touchdown, they've had to settle for three. And that is not going to help you, especially against like not just with the Colts, but with any team, because when you get to the red zone, you got to get there. I know it's a short field and you have the um, advantage on offense. The defense is going to be coming at you. They're going to be stacking a box, six, seven, eight guys in a box. You can expose stuff like that. And Bryce done that with the with the swing pass that he threw to DJ Shark. He uh, exposed the blitz. So that's going to be things that are going to help you. But when you only when you get to the red zone more times and you can't come away with six, that's not going to help you. And Carolina led with time of possession. They held the ball for 31 minutes. So anytime you got the ball, as long as Carolina did, they were extending drives. There were 13 play drives, 15 play drives. 
And they were extending this. It's not like they could hold on to the ball. It's just they couldn't do anything with it when they got it. Yeah, listen, um, I want to I want to come back to this because you like you said, they control the game. They mm-hmm. established they they tried to establish the run uh with, with Chuba Hubbard. They extended drives when they needed to. Let I wanna I wanna talk good because we I've dogged Miles Sanders for the last month. I want to talk some good about Miles Sanders. Six carries, 39 yards in this game, 6.5. Uh, average that's the best of the season he also followed up with three catches for 22 yards uh miles sanders listen i i think there's a part of me wants to believe that he's been unhealthy this year part of it think part of me feels like he wasn't giving the effort and practice that he needed to, to give uh do you think that this performance uh compared to that of chuba hubbard only getting 3.6 yards per carry uh although he was given more opportunities do you think that miles sanders has started maybe warming back up to the idea of, of putting him back in the feature back well here in Carolina? You know, I think so, because they involved him in the running game and the passing game. Chupa was basically the runner in this game. They, I think the way the strategy was is that Chupa was going to take the um, bulk of the carries and then Miles Sanders was going to fill in. And he did that. I mean, he extended plays. He got two first downs off of uh, some off of one of his runs, one of his passes. Um, Miles Sanders was an integral part of this offense, so there was no, there's no disrespect for him this week from us. And it's not that Miles Sanders is a bad player, and we all know that he's not a bad player. I think that he might have been hurt. There could have been some times where he was feeling hurt. There might have been some times where he might have had a chip on his shoulder in practice. It's a possibility. We don't know. But in this game here, you didn't see that. You saw the effort. You saw him grinding out because he was turning his feet for extra yards. He uh, laid blocks also as well, too, in the game. So there was no lack of effort for Miles Sanders this week. Not at all. Yeah, I want to I want to clear up because I've been really negative. I I have said things is is time to move on from Miles Sanders. The trade deadline comes, uh, find a place to let him go because he's just not doing it. And I think my mind sort of shifted this weekend. I think he's showing that he wants to play better. He wants to do better. He's it, you know it, the first few weeks of the season it looked like he was he wasn't looking for the hole. He was he was going the direction he was supposed to go. And if the offensive line was there and there was no hole. He was just running into the back of the offensive line and sort of giving his own tush push to his offensive line to see how far he could get. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought I would expect to hear myself say that maybe Miles Sanders is your good change of pace back in this offense. Could be. The, the idea that Miles Sanders did as well as he did in, in Philadelphia the last few years, specifically in his career year that he had last year, was in a wide open offense. And that's not what this offense is. This offense is grinded out. Get you know, get those yards, extend plays, but obviously that the 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 design of this offense isn't big play, big splash, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Hollywood Vegas type, uh, you know, let's let's get on the marquee offenses. It's as nose hard nose, uh, you know, rough them up uh, offenses, and I don't think I you know I I still go on records to say that I didn't I don't think that Miles Sanders fits that scheme. But if he can come in as a good change of pace, then, yeah, he's going to be able to find those holes and get those big bulky carries. Again, 6.3 yards averaged in this game for carry for him. That's going to warrant more carries and more opportunities going forward. So kudos to Miles. Again, 
considering that Jonathan Stewart is on Believe in Panthers with our producer, uh, Desmond Johnson, I'm I'm not going to say that maybe he had some input because I, I obviously I have no no clue whether it did or not. And as much as I would love to believe that Miles Sanders listens to this show, I doubt that he does, especially <laughs> considering that I doubt that most of the players are actually listening to anything the media says. And I'm not considering myself media by by any means. But if if he was if he was by chance to have listened to this show and get a little bit of motivation like this. This fat white dude is talking a bunch of mess that's never seen a football field. Um, I'm going to show him. Listen, kudos, man. I, I'm a Miles Sanders fan. I want to see him do well. Yeah. But I, I just think that they tried to fit him into a system that wasn't his play style. And if they find ways to, to, to work around him and fit him into the offense, then you're going to see more weeks like you had out of Miles Sanders last week. Shannon... <laughs> And you kind of got to look at it like this right here, Ryan. You know, we have these expectations of these players from seeing from years, year one, two, three, and four. We we have those expectations from players. And we can, you know, I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. We try to make these players, well, you didn't have a year like you did last year. So that means you fell off, which might be the case, might not be. But with this offense right here, you you uh, put up a very valid point. This isn't a, an offense that's going to score in five plays. This is a timely offense, as you can see from the drives that were there in this game, 13, 15 play drives. They're not a down the field, a fast offense. They're not a Kansas City offense where they're fast. They're not a Philadelphia offense where they're fast. They're not a Detroit offense where they have those weapons that they have. They're a timely offense. That has to get time to establish himself. And Miles Sanders came from a squad that was a very fast offense. So he's making a um he's he's making the transition into that. And you know, that's different from players because you're you're used to a scheme for so long, and then you go into a new scheme, and there's some stuff that you may not be able to do from your old from your old scheme. And that doesn't make you a bad player, that just means you have to adjust. No, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, they, they want to long sustained drives, mm-hmm. ball control, manage the clock, uh, let the offense keep the other team down, um, and and you're gonna have you're gonna put yourself in a chance to win. Unfortunately, 14 points in this game for the Colts was given up in in way of uh, interceptions for touchdowns. Uh, Bryce Young had four interceptions going into this game on the season, and he threw three in this game. Two touchdowns returned by Kenny Moore defending Adam Thielen. Shut Adam Thielen down in this game. I don't know how the, I want to I want to open this conversation with you, Shannon, because earlier in the year, I came on this show and argued that if they're not going to open up this offense, then maybe they should just let Andy Dalton start this start start for this team, see what they can do behind Andy Dalton. We know what we're getting out of Andy Dalton. Uh, he's going to be, he's got a rocket arm. He's going to be able to move the ball, uh, but you're going to have some untimely interceptions. The argument can be made that, well, Bryce Young is young. He's a rookie, he's number one overall pick. You don't draft a guy number one and let him sit. Like you, you, you let him play. You let him earn his stripes and, and you let him get his, get his, his beak wet, so to speak. Do you feel as, as of this game, do you feel that Bryce Young is now regressing already in year one? You know what? I'm going to go on record and say no. Okay. And here's why. Because 
after the first now I've never played quarterback in the NFL but I'm pretty sure after throwing an interception you don't feel great you probably feel even worse throwing a pick six mm-hmm. Bryce Young came back and threw a touchdown after his pick six that's points for him because that'll mess with your mind as a quarterback you know you start questioning your decision making you start questioning if you're doing the right things are you making the right reads and that is something that'll mess with your mind as a quarterback. Bryson went out there and he scored a touchdown after throwing a pick six. He improvised with his feet. In this day and age of football, even if you're not a run first quarterback, which I hate saying that because that's not what you are as a quarterback. You don't look to run first. Mm-hmm. But we have had some run first quarterbacks in the past 10, 20 years because the game is changing so much. But as a quarterback now, you have to have feet. This is not the days of Dan Marino and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning who were not fast runners, who were not very skillful with their feet. Those days are long gone because you have defenses that are getting faster. Defensive linemen are getting faster. They're getting slimmer. But they're still coming with raw power, but they're faster and they're getting to you. If you don't have any feet, you you might want to play linemen or something like that because you're not going to make it as a quarterback. Bryce Young improvised with his feet. He had 41 yards rushing, and he had to – he was getting chased out of pocket. He was running for his life. Let's mm-hmm. just be real about it. This offensive yeah, he, line – He was sacked four times in this game. That's exactly. another four-sack game for him, yeah. If this offensive line is not really giving him time to throw the ball, so we can't really give it to – I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We can't really get on Bryce so much, but we got to give the offensive line a butt chewing as well, too, because they're not giving him time to throw the ball. Some of these plays, Bryce is back there, and he's got two guys eating his lunch right now. You know, my, uh, my man, DeForest Buckner, former 49er, got to him. These guys were getting there. And so they were in the backfield. They were in it. They were in his grill the whole time. So it was hard to complete a pass with quarterbacks on his back. John Madden said that. Rest in peace. And all three of those picks that Bryce threw, the pocket was collapsing. There were guys coming at him. That pocket was going back. Bryce threw one off his back foot. And Bryce made a overthrow to uh, Miles Sanders. And he was looking for Adam Thielen on both of those, like you said. There were times where he had nobody open. You heard of coverage sacks, right? That's what he had on the, uh, the third interception. It was a coverage sack. And so there was nobody there to get the ball to him. Now, he forced that ball. Let's just be real. He shouldn't have forced that ball. My dad and I were talking about this today. There were some balls he should have grounded, and he didn't. So 
there we can't really give Bryce Young a bad rap. We got to give it to the whole offense. This is a team game. Yes, it is. But we must say this. Gardner Minshew, who's QB2, how many interceptions did he throw? Uh, in this game, he had none. He didn't exactly. Throw the ball over. Yeah. Exactly. So we, we can't say that Bryce can't be penalized for these three picks. He threw three of them. Yes, he threw three. Gardner Minshew threw none. He was plus one on the turnover differential. Bryce Young was, uh, was minus two because he did throw the touchdown. But the fact of the matter is, we can't charge Bryce Young for this so much, but we have to. He's playing quarterback. Quarterbacks get the rap. They get that. So we have to look at what worked and what didn't. And you got to look at Bryce and you got to tell him, hey, look, man, you got you to gotta get it together. It's, I mean, those, those pick sixes are the difference in the game. Absolutely. I mean, this game is a 13 to 13 tie. Exactly. I mean, now that's hypothetically speaking, if, if the Panthers don't go down the field and score and they punt and then they have to turn around and force a three and out on mm-hmm. both of those possessions in which we threw interceptions for, for touchdowns. Um, and the frustrating part about this game right here is the offense of, of the Indianapolis Colts did not play that well. They didn't they play did well at all. Oh, Carolina outgained them in the air and running the football. Penalties and turnovers is what kicked Carolina's butt in this game. If this were a better squad, then Carolina would have got their lunch ate. But this squad was not a good squad. They're, they're not the upper echelon squads of the AFC or the NFL at all. And that's what makes this so frustrating is because Carolina was in reach. Yeah, and, and I, I don't mean to harp on Bryce Young, but I'm, I'm going to harp on him. Go ahead. Uh, you mentioned the fact that he was sacked four times. The offensive line is continuing to struggle, yes. even with the, the re-addition of, of, of Austin Corbett. Mm-hmm. Um, they're banged up all over the field. LaVishka Chenault has been out for the, the past uh, couple of games uh, with an injury. Um, obviously, Miles Sanders has been injured and banged up uh, at the running back position. But at the end of the day, like, I know Bryce Young looks cool, calm, and collected on the sidelines. He looks cool, calm, and collected when he's, when he's at the microphone in the press conferences, you say and doing all the right things. As you should. Do you think that the performance of this team as a whole, and by this team, I mean the offense, the offensive line, the receivers not getting open, et cetera. Do you think it can have a permanent negative psyche for Bryce Young going forward if they continue to put him put him out here? And, and the reason why I'm asking before, before I let you answer is because I'm starting to wonder, if it's not time to preserve Bryce Young, to bring in Andy Dalton, hear me out. I'm, I'm going to have a lot of people saying, what are you talking about, you moron? You bring in Andy Dalton, and you tell, you tell Bryce Young this isn't, for, this isn't because of your poor play. We are protecting you. We want you to see the ball the way that Andy Dalton is seeing. We want you to see how he is performing on the field. Because in, in a couple of games that we've seen, Andy Dalton, one specifically that Bryce Young missed, Andy Dalton didn't have a bad game. No. We want you to see how Andy Dalton is progressing, going through his progressions. We want to see you, we want you to see how he's making his decisions. And at the end of the day, if somebody is going to tear an ACL or an Achilles by taking a sack, we would rather it be Andy Dalton than you. So we want to preserve your confidence. We want to preserve your health. And we want you to learn. The season is a lost season. We said a couple of weeks ago that the NFC South was still a wide open division. It's not. Mm-hmm. The door has closed for the Carolina Panthers. And people listening to the show may not like to hear that, but it is. They are one in seven. 
here and one one and eight, whatever it is, through week ten, the door has closed for this division, and only one team out of this division is making the playoffs. So now you have to think longevity. You have to think long term. Do you think it's time that we see Andy Dalton teach Bryce Young by example? Versus letting Bryce Young just go and, and take a beating every single week. Uh, possibly continue to make poor decisions and throw multi-interception games. That will ultimately affect him the way that it has affected Sam Darnold. And, and Zach Wilson to, an, to, to a point. Both with the New York Jets who are not the same quarterbacks that they came out of college as a high round draft picks. Because if anything their confidence has been absolutely shattered based on the way that they played in the league. What's, what say you Shannon? You know what, man? That is a very, very hard argument to go against. I, I know. <laughs> uh, it really is, man. I mean, it really is, man, because you you, you laid that out pretty nicely. I, it, it's tough to say, but I will say this. I want to bring up the whole Peyton Manning thing when, you know, they put Peyton Manning out there and just pretty much got his butt kicked in his rookie year. But you got to look at it. Peyton Manning was six foot five and about 240 pounds. Bryce Young is not that. He is not that at all. Mm-hmm. So I can't make that comparison. I can't make the comparison to Russ either because Russ had a stacked squad, and I think everybody's seeing that right now. Russ right now, he had a stacked squad. He came in at the right time. My pop said it best. He's the luckiest quarterback that's ever played the game. Shout out to my pops. Yeah. And I think he's right. But, Maybe Joe uh, Flacco, very, very close behind him. Yes, exactly. Yes. I believe yeah. so. And I still got a beef with Joe Flacco after beating my boys in the Super Bowl. So I definitely understand. But I will say this. I don't know if it would be time to do it now. I'll probably say towards the tail end of that season, probably that week 14, if you haven't seen anything out of it, let him get past the Bears and let him see from there. But, I mean, would Andy Dalton be okay with doing that? Because he's an older man, and he might be thinking about retirement at this time, and he don't want to spend his retirement in a wheelchair. I mean. I, I, would, I would imagine Andy Dalton's probably got some incentives in his contract if he plays so many snaps or something like that. So I'm sure I'm yeah. sure he'd appreciate it. I mean, listen. Probably so. Mm-hmm. You've you've got to start posing the question. I know in the game between the Texans and the and the and the Panthers that Bryce Young outdueled CJ Stroud. Yes. But this is his stat line, him him being CJ Stroud. I guess the top 10 um well it, it wasn't the Falcons. I I mis, misspoke and said Falcons. It was the Bucks earlier. Uh, I would say a top 15 defense in the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm-hmm. He went 30 of 42 for 470 yards, five touchdowns. No interceptions. He threw touchdowns to four different receivers, including another rookie in Tank Dell, a rookie in Nico Collins. I don't know what year Noah Brown is in, uh, mm-hmm. but he found Dalton Schultz, 130 receiving yards for a guy who has not done anything offensively for the Texans this year in Dalton Schultz. The question now has to be asked, because you just mentioned it a second ago, Peyton Manning 6'5", whatever it was, that ain't Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. I know it's super early. We are eight games into his NFL career. Do you think there's a there's a chance that maybe Carolina got it wrong and taking taking Bryce Young over CJ Stroud? Numbers don't lie, right there, my man. And I even said it beforehand that Carolina should took CJ Stroud, but I honestly believe if you put CJ Stroud in his offense, he would have the same numbers. I really yeah, think, 
This isn't a debate of what type of team. And Houston has been a dumpster fire for a while. So we can't sit around here and say Houston is a better squad. But Houston's got a new look with a new coach, my man, my former defensive coordinator over in San Francisco. And he's the hometown guy. So, you know, there's going to be people that are going to be behind him as well, too. And he's still in a different mind frame in Houston right now. When C.J. Stroud might be pretty much looking at the fact that Bryce Young got drafted over him as bulletin board material and might have been sitting here saying this, especially with his first preseason game. He threw an interception in his first series. He only had four only had four uh, passes at that time. It was a small serving size. And the fact that he had probably one of the best receiving of uh, receiving cores in college, there might have been some stuff said that maybe he might be overrated because there were times where um, he made bad reads when he was in Ohio State. But Bryce has looked wonderful in college, looked great in college. He probably had a career close to C.J. Stroud and Kyle. I mean, he won a, he won a Heisman. So exactly. You're right. So, so there you go. So and he didn't have near the, the team that C.J. Stroud had, but it's all about the mindset. These guys need to get college out of their heads. You know, what you've done in Ohio State, what you've done in Alabama is different. You're playing with grown men. You're playing with men. Now, you're not playing with man children. You're playing with men. So you're going to have to really get that in your head right now. And I think C.J. Stroud has found, found some momentum, found a stroke. His coach got underneath him, something like that. And now we're looking at Bryce Young like we're looking at C.J. Stroud. Like he's looking around like, who has he got? Who has he got? Who has he got? Carolina had this wonderful offseason. And everyone's saying, oh, you know, uh, Bryce is in a wonderful spot, better spot than any rookie in all of football right now, you look at the rookies that are playing right now, what they've got, they're about to play rookie this week on Thursday. So yep. all, t- 10 rookies, 10 rookie quarterbacks have played this year in the NFL alone. Yeah. It's, what, uh, what it's, looking at? it's been a wild season. Now the bears may get Justin Fields back this week. Oh, um, no, they said he's done. They scrapped him. Oh, they already scrapped him. Okay, yeah, that's already. I was looking at. I was looking to do my research for the date, and they already scrapped him. <laughs> yeah, because I was looking. I was looking at fantasy football wise because I, I've, I've been dogging uh, Justin Fields all, all, all season, <laughs> and uh, well, I, I've, I've been dogging him while I've had him rostered, right? And so <laughs> my, my best friend in my main league was like, "You have three quarterbacks," because I was rostering uh, Tua. I was rostering Brock Purdy and Justin Fields on the off chance that Justin Fields is going to break out. And he's like, you don't need three quarterbacks, and so nobody's going to pick up Justin Fields. Well, I look at his roster today, and what did he do? He went and picked up Justin Fields after I cut him two weeks ago. Like, <laughs> so, so, so Justin Fields is, you know, is garbage juice. And he's like, well, that's what you said, but I need, you know, whatever. So, okay. so <laughs> He's making um, his, he's coping right now, man. That's what yeah. he's doing. He's coping. <laughs> and he has, he has two original players that he's drafted still on his team. So, mm-hmm. nevertheless – uh, real quick, uh, uh, good news, bad news. Good news is we're getting a linebacker designated for the return from IR. So that 21-day window is open for uh, Marquise Haynes uh, on defense. But some bad news out of the game with the Colts. Both Brian Burns and C.J. Henderson leave the Colts game with concussions. They are doubtful for this game on Thursday night against the Bears. Mm-hmm. Considering all the all the, the boasting we've been doing about this defense, uh, Shannon, how do you think that bodes for us here on Thursday night football? I mean, we get Carolina Panthers at the Chicago bears. The bears are a four point favorite uh, eight 15 at Thursday night. I believe it's on Amazon prime is there the exclusive home for Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. Um, considering we're losing two key players on defense and on a defense that has shut down 
uh, quarterbacks the last two weeks. Uh, what do you expect out of this game here on Thursday night? One thing about it is Tyson Baggin, who is going to be getting the start for um, the Chicago Bears, is one and three as a starter right now. His game yes, his game on Sunday, as a matter of fact, I should say, three picks against the Saints. DJ Moore had three catches, 44 yards, one fumble. Uh, Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney were the big play guys in that game. And so this is short weeks for both of these squads. Now, I will say this. Bryce did beat a fellow rookie quarterback this year. Better yet, let's make it two. Yep. It's going to be three. Three points. Panthers get in three. Yeah, listen, I like the pick. I mean, the fact that they've gotten to travel to Chicago on a, on a short week doesn't bode well. I think, I think Bryce, Bryce Young's going to look at the film uh, last week, and he's going to he's going to know the mistakes that he made. The whole team is probably feeling, you know, sort of down. I mean, again, they've got one win on the season. This is another one of those winnable games. And we look, we've looked at the schedule. Uh, after this game, they get the Cowboys at home, the Titans who have started coming along now that they've got Will Levis. As their starting quarterback, the Bucks who've, who've have been uh, hit or miss. Um, you've got a bunch of divisional opponents, and you got the Jags and the Bucks to finish the season. So, if they want to rack up some wins, now is the time. And I think that the four point spread is about what you'd expect. Uh, but if Bajan is going to be the starter, as as you uh, you know, as, as you said, then yeah, I'm taking the Panthers to get an upset win on the road. I think this game is going to be an ugly game. I think both the offenses are going to look bad. I think it's going to look very similar to the game with the Colts last week, where you're going to have two quarterbacks under 200 yards passing. Yes. Uh, very, very little going on the ground. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be an ugly game, but I think the Panthers have every opportunity to get the win, even though I, I've been questioning whether Bryce Young should still be playing. I've been dogging this team this entire episode. I still think the Panthers have a chance to win here on Thursday night football. Shannon, anybody want to shout out before we sign off for this evening? Now, I want to shout out my sister who was actually working the late shift tonight and allowed me to uh, tape in the dining room again. I want to shout out my pastor who is a big Miami Dolphins fan. Um, my man, Reverend Watts, want to say hey to him. And that's all I got, man. Good stuff, man. If you want to find me on social media, you can go to my Twitter page at Tapouts and TDs for my other pa- uh, podcast. Uh, tap outs and touchdowns where we talk all things football on Wednesdays or facebook.com slash tap outs and touchdowns. Uh, make sure uh, you go and like, and subscribe to the tobacco road sports radios, YouTube channel where you can find this show and so much more every week. But until then you may now exit the cat cave, but make sure to listen to more content on the tobacco road sports radios, YouTube channel and more Carolina Panthers themed podcasts on the keep pounding podcast network powered by the Fans First Sports Network. For Shannon Smith, I'm Ryan Frick, and we'll see you next week right here in the Cat Cave.